Hello and welcome to the Permanent Good Podcast, a podcast that's part movie club, part improv comedy. My name is Craig Wells, a.k.a. Permanent Handle. And I'm Alex Good, a.k.a. Alex Good. Now, I've been doing some thinking about, I'll be honest, a topic that is not important, but it's been on my mind and I need to talk about it. 101 Dalmatians is, quite frankly, too many Dalmatians. Right. Just in general. Like, at that point, you're trying to go overboard. You could have made the same point with 40. Okay, so I don't know anything about dog breeding. Okay. Is 101 a big number? Not for one litter. It's impossible for one litter. But for, like, one dog to breed over the course of their life. I would think so. Because doesn't one litter have, like, seven or eight in it? Yes, that's ten. That's ten litters, right? Yes. Or give or take, because you might. Yeah. Right, let's just round up and say like thirteen litters. However, I think a dog's gestation period is under like around six months or less. But all of these Dalmatians were puppies. It's not like these guys were like, oh, Dalmatians two and three. You guys have to babysit Dalmatians sixty-seven and sixty-eight. You know, I, I if I recall correctly, these guys were. Kind of all part of the same kitten caboodle. Um, something I've never Googled before. How long is a dog's gestation period? <laughs> um, it's short, bro. We're talking like three months. I feel like also 101 births is also a lot of stress to put on a single body. Okay. I overestimated. It's actually just over two months. So let's say it gets pregnant twice a year, which is not that crazy. <laughs> Which is not. It's. That, I guess not. It, it's. It's still a little wild in my head, though. Yeah, but physically, they could do three or four. But that mom Dalmatian would not be nearly as chipper as she is in the movie if this was right. the case. But I'm saying, if you can have three or four pregnancies, right, in a year, three years, hundred one Dalmatians. I would. Okay, I will concede that. Second point I have to make, Cruella. Dalmatian hair is pretty short. The, if the end game was making a coat, it's not going to be a good one. I will also say, don't need 101 to get a coat. Yeah. You like, really have you don't. ever, have you ever, like, because, like, she wears very, like, the furs that she wears have very long hairs on them. And I'm like, bud, you're not going to get the same effect with Dalmatian hair. Have you touched a Dalmatian before? Their hair is just basically an extension of their skin. Right. Um, that being said, Dalmatians also shed a lot. Now, I don't know what that means as far as furs are concerned. But Why would you need to kill the cons- dogs anyway if you can just collect the sheddings? Right. I'm also concerned that if you put them into a coat a couple of years down the road, your coat's going to be bare. You know, it's just going to be skin, which would be weird. So this is the pet peeve that I have on 101 Dalmatians. The movie... I think I've never seen in its entirety before. Just like the concept of it comes from like this Disney era of like, let's put two words together and figure it out from there. Because 101 Dalmatians, that's nothing. Also, comes from a weird dog era of Disney. Between like this and Fox and the Hound, I'm like, hey, gang, what are you... Who who is the creative director that's like we need more dog movies? But animated movies love dogs, love them. Remember Bolt? 
oh, do I remember Bolt? Yeah. I remember do, I, uh, Bolt is one of those movies that I just have such a distinct memory of watching on Netflix on my Wii in my basement doing algebra homework. And this was back when, like, Netflix had to send you the disc so that you could hard install the Netflix app onto your yep. Wii. And it also didn't stream in HD. <laughs> so I was watching Bolt in 360p. Nice. Um, remember Balto? Balto? What, I don't think Balto was me. What I do remember are the... These aren't animated movies, but they're still, you know, Disney dog movies. Uh, Homeward Bound. Yup, banger. With... Who was it? Was it Michael J. Fox was Dude, one of the here's voices? The, thing, the tricky thing about actors um, in animated movies is I watched animated movies when I was like middle school or younger. I didn't know the name of any actor when I was in middle school. I knew like five people. I knew Sandra Bullock, Will Smith, Denzel Washington, Tom Cruise, and you know that might be it. And, th- and the tricky part is I got some of those people confused. I got Sandra Bullock and Anne Hathaway confused. So, yeah, uh, Michael J. Fox was, in fact, in Homeward Bound, The Incredible Journey. Good to know. And I don't know I don't know if you've ever looked at clips from that movie recently, but it has not aged well. It looks like somebody's doing, like, a poor, like, TikTok audio dub over with these clips. Yeah. I mean, I don't expect much. Remember Beethoven? Oh, my. I don't remember Beethoven. What I do remember are the constant ads that Disney Channel would have for the Beethoven movies. Specific, I think Beethoven's Fifth was the one that they showed all the time. Yeah, dude. It's just like, I don't know if I've ever seen one of them all the way through. Yeah, and I can't imagine you have to. Anyway, Garfield is the superior animal movie. Do you want to talk about- We're not even done with all the dog movies. Oh, we are Do you remember Buddy? And all the Air Buds afterwards? Oh, okay, yes. Yeah, Air, yes, Air Bud and the subsequent Buddies films, yeah. Okay, and then on top of that, we still have Lady and the Tramp. We have Secret Life of Pets. We have All Dogs Go to Heaven. Okay, hold on. Secret Life of Pets is recent, all right? Well, that's, okay, that's I'm out just of saying, era. hey, pick a new, just stop doing it about animals. And um, if you're going to do it about animals, <laughs> don't make it dogs. Grant Gustin, first of all, we need to talk about Channing Tatum was in a movie simply called Dog. Dog, yeah, it's a problem. And then Grant Gustin was in a movie recently called like Saved by Ruby or something like that. I'm already upset. Yeah, and you watch the trailer for it and it's like, oh, it's rescued by Ruby because it's alliteration. Yeah, and it's just, you know, dog. The plot is dog. (laughs) Yeah. Um, there's a lot of like dog handler movies and I don't care about any of them. Remember cats and dogs. That movie might be my favorite of all the dog (laughs) movies. Yeah. There's also Marmaduke, um, which was okay. I don't remember very much about it. Um, there's a movie that bombed called rock dog with JK Simmons and a bunch of other people I don't care about, like Kenan Thompson. Then there was Frank and weenie. And then because of when Dixie. Oh yeah. Live action, but that messed me up, bro. Uh, because of when we read the because of when Dixie book in elementary school, mm-hmm. and I'm pretty sure kids cried during it's that book. Rough, dude. And I do want I want to round this out by talking about the the movie Underdog. Oh yeah, starring Peter Dinklage and Jason Lee and Amy Adams and Jim Belushi. What is what? going on here? What? what a- banger of a cast dude it must have been expensive to make that movie 
Uh, I hope not. <laughs> right. Um, and this, obviously, we're not counting any of the Scooby-Doo's. Yeah. So I do want to say on our Twitter, we have proudly proclaimed for the last year and a half that we are anti-horse movie. And I stand by that. Horse movies are worse than dog movies. But I am willing to also lump in. I'm willing to steer clear of dog movies. Let's say, well, we have to at this point. We yeah. roasted it for too hard. And I'm, I'm cool with not doing it. Also, I'm cool with avoiding horse movies because I've seen most of them. Yeah. My mom was a horse, horse girl and my wife is a horse girl. Formerly horse girl. Debatable, and but. It's pretty rough. Like one of her favorite childhood movies was Flicka. And if you don't know what Flicka is, it's because you didn't get raised by horse people. <laughs> it's not good and then there's of course spirit which everyone we're not going to dedicate more time to horse movies i yeah. just it's it's too bad it's rough it's worse than every dad movie ever alex do you want to talk about the movie that we did choose for this let's, week let's talk about the movies that we actually watched uh we are now in april and we have dedicated april to alex's favorite movies everybody gets a turn and it's alex's turn and we are starting with Probably the 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 just the biggest home run that we could, and we are and we are talking about Christopher Nolan's The Dark Knight. If you have not seen this movie, there is nothing about this movie that we're gonna spoil that will ruin your experience. Oh no, Harvey Dent is Two Face. Pick up a book. But if you don't want to hear us talk about the movie and you want to skip ahead to the next segment, you can go to this time code right here. Time code thirty one. Oh, four. So I uh, might have gone a little overboard. And instead of watching The Dark Knight, I did watch the entire Christopher Nolan trilogy. <laughs> That's totally cool. I did that last year. Yeah. This movie is a cinematic masterpiece. It's very good. When it came out, I, I, I was late to this movie. I watched this movie about four months after everyone else had seen it. All my friends had already seen it. And I watched it with my mom as she was falling asleep and I was glued to the television. Then I bought this movie and watched it about every year since then. Since 2008. Yeah, I want to give you a little bit of credit because you say, oh, I was late to this movie. This movie did come out when you were 10. All right. I'm cutting you a little bit of credit. did not want me to watch a PG-13 movie with the Joker in it. It looked too legit. And I ended up seeing it. Dude, this movie has been my favorite movie since 2008. Yeah, it, it, it's a solid one. Um, I w- so what is your opinion in terms of like, I think this movie does a really good job at being able to stand out as its own movie from the trilogy that it is a part of. Like, it, it's nice to have the context of Batman Begins, but you don't need it. You really don't, because you'll get into... They do, I mean, Christopher Nolan is the GOAT. He is my favorite director, hands down. It's not even close. It's like him, and then there's a huge gap of nobody, and then like Martin Scorsese, Spielberg, all those guys. But like, he, there's, dude, there's only two things, maybe three if I look hard about things I don't like about this movie. One is they recast Rachel from the first movie, which you wouldn't know if you didn't watch the first movie. I'm going to be honest, I, like I said, I watched all three of these essentially in a weekend, did not notice they recast Rachel. I'm like, oh, Maggie Gyllenhaal <laughs> looks a little different in Batman Begins. 
Yeah, those are two different actresses, bro. One's yeah. Maggie Gyllenhaal, and the other one's Katie Holmes. Oh, that'll do it. <laughs> Completely different. Um, it's just also all star cast, bro. Yeah, all-star I mean, okay, cast. I mean, it's it is a very Christopher Nolan cast. You look at the cast for this movie, and you're like, oh yeah, I've seen almost every one of these people in a different Christopher Nolan the, movie. The thing about this is, he got those people from this movie. This movie is before Inception. This movie's before The Prestige. This movie's before Interstellar. This is before Tenant. So he got that rep from doing this movie. He, okay, bro, I'm going to give you some Christopher Nolan. Dude, we're getting into it, bro. This is my favorite, favorite, favorite movie. Christopher Nolan had the idea for Inception for a while, but he didn't have the experience of a big budget movie under his belt. So no one was going to give him the money to manage something with a scale of Inception. He had the drawings and they're like, yeah, dude, you can't do this. So he's like, well, let me reboot Batman. And they're like, well, you can't screw this up. It's Batman. And he turned it into a trilogy, which is top five trilogies of all time. I think the only trilogy better than this is The Godfather. And I'm not even counting the last Godfather movie. So if you're going to say, oh, well, The Godfather's better. Well, the third one sucked. Okay. And this movie, each movie is a banger in its own right. And I will fight people over that. If you care enough about the Christopher Nolan history, he started with Memento, all right? And Memento gave him the credibility of, like, this guy's got ideas and he knows how to execute them. And that's what gave him the credibility to do Batman Begins and The Prestige kind of hand in hand. And then after the success of those two movies, then, you know, you get a little bit more trust with The Dark Knight. And after you get The Dark Knight, Christopher Nolan gets blank checks wherever he walks. Yeah, Dark Knight... Gave this guy the freedom to do whatever he wants, dude. And it's, listen, there are people who got that, like Quentin Tarantino from Pulp Fiction. And then they went on to produce okay movies, okay? And there's people who got this, like Christopher Nolan, and said, all right, cracks his knuckles and said, I'm about to blow your freaking minds, bro. I'm about to blow your mind and also Dunkirk, but I'm going to blow your mind. <laughs> yes. Every once in a while, I'm going to do a Dunkirk and everyone's going to be like, well, this is pretty, but I don't really know what's going on. And that's okay. <laughs> but here's the thing. So the Dark Knight, bro, it's got, I mean, let's just go through the list right now. Christian Bale, gangster. Heath Ledger, who everyone hated when he got casted for this movie. Everyone lost their mind. They said, "He's how is he going to be? He's a funny guy. He can't do it. And they, he was following up like Jack Nicholson and all these people who were like, well, those guys are actually jokers. He's going to do a horrible job. Turns out he's the greatest of all time. Aaron Eckhart, we can skip over him. I didn't like him then. I don't really like him now. Michael Caine, Morgan Freeman, Gary Oldman, Maggie Gyllenhaal. What the heck, dude? What the heck? I, yeah. Everyone acted their pants off. Everybody. I will I will come I will come to bat for Aaron Eckhart. I I used to be in that camp of the oh whatever, he's just the blondie that's playing Harvey Dent who cares. This most recent watch through, I'm like, I get it. I get it this time. He plays a very likable person. Like there's no reason to dislike Harvey Dent, which is why the pivot into Two-Face is so tragic to watch happen because when everyone is like calling for Batman's neck, Harvey is like, I trust like Batman's doing good work, guys. Like, I know he's like a vigilante and we will hold him accountable eventually. But like for now, let's not we have bigger fish to fry than the Batman. And right. and having that energy with Harvey Dent is I like that a lot. And Aaron Eckhart c- carried it very well. I'm just so, saying 
that role could have been played by a couple other people. Now I have, I'll go over my beasts with this movie because two of them are big ones. Like if those move, things have been changed, this movie, be, this movie is already one of the greatest of all time. It would be cemented as the greatest movie of all time. If like two or three things were changed. One, make the fight scenes better, bro. Every time I saw Batman fight, I'm like, this is in slow motion. Yeah. And that's something that they kind of address in the movie because, you know, he talks about how he needs lighter armor. Because he can that- barely turn his head and like backing out the driveway, all that stuff. Right. But then we see him. Right. He got the new suit. He's going to China. Right. To steal back that businessman because he needs to bring him back for questioning in Gotham. And then he does this whole night fighting sequence. Right. It looks almost exactly the same. And here we've come across my beef. We could have cut the Chinese mob out of this movie, or we could have cut the Chinese mob out of this movie and it would not have made a difference. No. And I'll tell you, it, it does make a difference because you need a reason for people to turn to the Joker and they didn't have one. But what I'm saying is it didn't feel important. They kept bringing him up after he had served his purpose. So every time like the Joker, like there's a part where like the Joker kidnaps Lau or like he's in the same holding cell as Lau. And I'm like, why do we still care about Lau? His part was unimportant. His part started being important 45 minutes into the movie. Yeah, that was annoying. My second part that made me frustrated is not only is Maggie Gyllenhaal in this movie, which shouldn't have been, she still should have been Katie Holmes. I think she had a scheduling conflict or maybe she was pregnant with one of her kids, one of, which is also a scheduling conflict. It was just a problem, <laughs> right? So she couldn't be in this movie. Maggie Gyllenhaal. I don't know if it was her acting. I don't know if it was the writing. I'm going to say it's her acting because everyone else is writing. This movie was dope. Couldn't hold her own. It was not believable at all. And it annoyed me the whole time. I'm thinking, I don't see what all these other characters can see. If I'm putting myself in their shoes, what you're doing right now doesn't make sense. And it wasn't believable, and I didn't like her role in this movie at all. And also, I've never liked her role in this movie. And also, it gets worse every time I watch it. It's uncomfortable to watch her act in this. There's two good scenes, and one of them is when she's about to die, which is easy to do. And the other one is when she's talking to the Joker. And I think the reason that one looks so legit is because I don't think she's ever seen Heath Ledger in makeup at that point. So when he's grabbing her by the face and has a knife right there and is like in full character, she's uncomfortable because in real life, she's uncomfortable. I'll say the the acting that I don't know if I, I don't know if I would say the acting that makes me uncomfortable, but I I hate Christian Bale's Batman voice. Oh, I hate Christian Bale's Batman voice so much. Because, like, it's cool when he's doing the, like, the, like, I'm Batman and, like, the where's Rachel? Like, cool. Awesome. But then he has, like, a conversation and he's like, I need you to trust me. We need to do this, that, and the other. I'm like, stop it. Hey, you can tone it down a little bit, man. See, that didn't bother me. I mean, I think it's because I've, I've watched this movie so many times. I've actually, also, I know this movie almost word for word. And it's it's the only movie I can do it with. To the point where I know what is going to pop up on screens. Like he'll like be in the Batmobile and there'll be a malfunction. And I know what the car is going to say. It's I'm in it, bro. So now I'm like the voice doesn't bother me because in my head, I just think voice changer, which is probably not even the case. I've just assumed that he has a voice changer. Oh, no, I don't think so. I think it's just a gruff voice. I think so, too. I I actually don't. Now that I'm older, I think he's 
just putting it on so people don't recognize his voice. But since I was a kid, I just assumed he had a voice changer. So now it just doesn't bother me. I'm like, oh, he can't help it. He just has a voice changer. He's just trying to get away with this. Yeah, but he is hands down my favorite Batman. It's not even close. Um, I don't know. I don't know if I have a favorite Batman. I think I don't. I, I, I yeah. I don't think I have a favorite Batman. I think they all do good things. I I'm not emotionally attached to one or the other. Right. So I I have really no. I really have no horse in that race. Okay. I mean, if I really want to get technical about it, it would probably be Kevin Conroy because he's been doing it for thirty years. Yeah, but he, here we go getting into like animated versus live action i don't those are totally different separate things to me i can't compare one because one does not have the limitations of the other and vice versa yeah so i think oh uh, and like kevin conroy has portrayed batman in live action before like when the Arrowverse needed a batman i think he stepped in as batman before um but he hasn't done it often enough to where i would put him in the live action horse race with like george clooney and kevin costner and Balcomer. Ooh. Kevin what? Costner was not one of them. No. Michael Keaton. Yeah. Bro, <laughs> listen, dude. Hey, audience, your boy doesn't do research. I just know things. Okay? So if I stumble, it's because I didn't wrong. prepare, bro. It's because I'm I'm wrong in that moment. It's I don't prepare. So you got me. Okay? Yeah. Join our Patreon and maybe I'll work harder. So need a Patreon. so i want to talk uh a little bit about the other two movies i i feel like it's difficult to talk about the dark knight and it's it isolated simply because you know we're both kind of passionate about this movie and it's difficult to isolate specific things about it without just going into another gushing rant so i want to say that when i started rewatching this trilogy i started with batman begins a movie that i don't think i've seen in a decade and i text alex and i go alex the the scarecrow parts of this movie are so cool and the league of shadows stuff is so boring they almost shouldn't be in the same movie and i stand by that sentiment because when people are infected with fear toxin and they're seeing batman as like a giant man-sized bat. I'm like, this is the coolest part of this movie. Yeah, but also that effect would get old very quickly. It's the same reason why the Purge movies aren't two and a half hours long. Because once you get over the fact that people are trying to break in your house with masks on and chainsaws, it gets old quick. Like you can't just, everything in a movie can't be scary. You need a break. And I think as far as origin story goes, this is as close as you can get to realistic yeah, and it takes them a little while to get into Batman, and then once they start doing Batman, it, the movie gets good. I think Batman Begins has an incredibly rocky start. The first 45 minutes to an hour is just like, you gotta, this is all investment. This is all to make you feel invested. And then the last like 90 minutes starts to pay off. And then then we have The Dark Knight, good all around. Then we have The Dark Knight Returns. Or The Dark Knight Rises. Rises, rather. See? Now who didn't do their research, bro? Wow. You I had are... to come after you, bro, because you okay. came at me hard, and I was already in the way of fixing <laughs> myself. So now we're even. Continue. So, Dark Knight Rises. I feel like th- that movie was bad. <laughs> um, I- I- I've rewatched bro, I'm gonna it. Go- Here's the thing, dude. You're going to go to bat Whether or not I'm rational movie. or not, I'm going to bat for every single Christopher Nolan movie. So here's what I didn't like about The Dark Knight Rises. Okay. And it's be- Christopher Nolan very clearly wanted to make a movie about 
police state Gotham without Batman. He wanted to make a ruined Gotham without Batman. That's what he wanted from that movie. However, in order to make that premise justified, he had to have a 90-minute plot before that (laughs) where everyone's just kind of walking in circles doing everything that happened in Batman Begins until they can cast away Bruce and destroy the city. (laughs) That was not fun. Also, I think Tom Hardy is a bad Bane. Okay, that's it. I'm done. Here's the thing, bro. Here's how Christopher Nolan movies work. The front half, and all of his, most of his movies are long, so we're talking an hour, is always, let me break down how this world works for you. It's why Inception is has an obnoxious hour in the front. It's why Inter- Interstellar has an obnoxious first hour. Yeah. It's rough, bro. Um... Dunkirk, some might say the entire movie's rough before you even figure out what's going on. Memento has a rough first hour. All of his movies, have, oh, Prestige has a horrible first hour. But it's because he's like, I need to build, I'm, I'm a world builder, bro. I'm out here breaking stuff but down. But some of those movies have the charisma and charm to like make those hours still worth it. Like the Prestige is nice because I like watching Hugh Jackman act. I just like Hugh Jackman. And there's enough like sleight of hand and mystery where it's like you're fascinated by what they're showing you. And the thing that gets you through the first two acts of The Dark Knight Rises is Anne Hathaway's Catwoman, who is hardly in the movie. Right. And I think another thing is we all are walking into this movie having just watched one of the best movies of all time. So following that up is going to be Almost impossible. Um, And I think a lot of it comes to, here's where we left off. Batman was in rough shape because he just fell seven stories. And since then, he can't communicate with anybody. He can't be Batman anymore. Um, His girlfriend got blown up. Yeah, so Um, like the recluse Bruce Wayne, like makes sense. And having him come back from that, that is an interesting story. It's the like... I I, I know it felt like there were just two movies happening and I wasn't, there were parts of both that I was not a fan of. And, and like, it was a satisfying ending. You know, I like the way that the trilogy ends. Also, why is Joseph Gordon-Levitt in so much of it? Ah, Dude, I'm okay with it, bro. I'm so okay with it. Here's what I think. And this is a hot take, much like most of the things that come out of my mouth, which some people might find aggressive. The Dark Knight, series trilogy is marvel movies for grown-ups it's like listen bro we're getting rid of all those comic booky snide remarks we're getting rid of all those weird jabs to get comedy and a little bit of a side romance between hulk and black widow which we're not even sure actually happened and then all these buddy buddy things are happening on the side we're going to give you exposition we're going to give you action. We're going to give you plot. We're going to give you complex themes where you walk away thinking, if I was on that boat with a detonator to the other ship that had prisoners, would I have blown it up? What would I have done? It's dealing with concept of fear, chaos. It's crazy, bro. And okay. I do want to say. Love it. I get. Okay. I do want to say. I get where you're coming from. However, um, you did say that this has been your favorite movie since 2008, which let's remember you were 10. So yep. to say that this movie is for adults where Marvel movies are not. Meanwhile, you were the age range watching both. Which so- means I had a refined taste at such a young age. It's really remarkable. Also, I don't think 
of a, I mean, I'm sure I, we're going to have to do a deep dive, which we're not going to do, but we'll just have one of our interns do it. The fact that the Joker can put people in situations that they just couldn't do in Marvel, like, you know, putting a pencil through somebody's eye or giving them a broken pool cue and say, hey, figure it out. These are tryouts or blowing people up, having half their face catch on fire. Um, all these things I'm a big fan of, bro. Big yeah, fan. Yeah. I mean, like Marvel movies do i i don't want to say that they they don't shy away from killing people if that's what you're worried about like no i want i want dark stuff because our closest thing to dark is that one little stint that hawkeye did that we don't really talk about where he just went around killing people i want hey bro it's i don't know it's like gritty it, i like that i think i if think for, I think like the big CW thing- fans, I'm an Arrow fan, not a Flash fan. Flash feels a little bit more Marvel Cinematic Universe right now, and the Arrow feels a lot like Christopher Nolan Batman Universe. I think the big thing with this is you're we're kind of looking at like apples and oranges. Like just because they're superhero movies doesn't mean they have to like do the same thing. But so so like I understand that you have this is an expression of preference, and just you are more of the you know gritty reality type thing yeah rather than the rather than lightheartedness also i'm a diehard bro this is my favorite movie yeah oh definitely this movie's good this movie is so very good. all i have is bias that's it. yes yeah that's all i have <laughs> as long as long as we're able to look at this and recognize the bias that's the important part right and uh, also it's dude i met my wife through this movie i'm like hey What's your favorite movie? She said The Dark Knight. I'm like, well, sign me up for forever. Because <laughs> that's mine too. Granted, our second favorite movie was both Get Smart, which does not hold up at all. And I don't like that movie anymore. <laughs> but number one was the same. And that's what's important. So I'll talk about this movie, Dumb Blue in the Face. It's goaded. It's as good as it gets for me. Also, it's like number three on IMDb. Everyone loves this movie. Anytime any superhero movie comes out that's good, they compare it to this movie. Black Panther got compared to this movie. Endgame got compared to this movie. The new Spider-Man got compared to this movie. It's just the best. And I'm cool with it. Also got nominated for like nine Oscars. So I'm cool with it. Yeah, this movie is very good. I I like it a lot as well. Um, All right, out of 10, Craig. Nine. Ten. Yeah. Moving on. <laughs> real quick. Real quick. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, that's 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 all we need. It, it's a nine. It's on Netflix. The first two are on Netflix. So I think it's also on HBO Max. Yeah, I also have it. So hit me up if you want me to send it. To you. <laughs> all right. So this so improv segment. All right, new yes. improv segment. It's called. It has a tentative title. It's called Bad Form, and so one of the biggest rules in improv is. Don't throw questions at your partner and force them to come up with answers to your questions, right? So if we're at like a birthday party and you're you're like, oh, here's my gift for you. What was that I got you again? And then it's on you to be like, oh, what did did I just receive? That's bad improv. So we're just going to do that. Cool, dude. So, so <laughs> Believe we're it or gonna, not, I bet you we're going to be pretty good at bad improv. So we're just going to toss each other. We are going to throw improv prompts in the other person's lap and force the other person to like, all right, I guess this is what I have to deal with now. Okay, dude. This is like half cast, but we're both winging it. Yes, exactly. For this scene, uh, I 
am customer support. You're calling me and you have a problem. See, cool. already bad form. I'm forcing you to come up with the problem despite the okay, fact it's dude, my sound good to me. Um hello? Uh hello, Home Depot customer support. How can I help you? Well, I was hoping you could tell me the issue I'm having. Um my washer broke. I got it from you guys. It's a May tag. And I'm experiencing some kind of issue where it won't start. Do you have any idea what that's about? Uh, yeah. Can you describe the problem for me? Not really. I'm not. I think I just gave you the best description I can. Do you have an idea of what's wrong with it? Yeah. If you could just uh, give me the make and model of the washer, I can look that up. Sure. It's. Do you have a pen? You're going to need to write this down. Uh, I'm at a computer. It's okay. a customer support. What? Did you not think I would have a computer ready? Hey, also, you know what? That's my bad. What's your name again? Uh, Shelby. Shelby. Okay. It is the Hurricane Bravo X-Ray Whiskey. Okay. One. Now, are these letters or are, or are these full words? In the Well, in the... it's Hurricane is the name, right? Okay. You know that. It's your product. And then I'm going to give you the model number. Okay. Okay. So okay. Hurricane. Bravo. Bravo. X-Ray. X-Ray. Whiskey. One zero six nine four two zero. Are you sure that's right? I'm pretty sure I just read it off the washer. Okay. Um. I'm okay. So I I pulled up the instruction manual online. Where did you find it online? Uh, oh, where did I? Um. Just on the you know on the home you know on Reddit. Uh. Okay, I'm cool. I, uh, I'm emailing you. I have your account pulled up. I'm emailing you the instruction pamphlet. Uh, do you want to like turn to page 32 and tell me what that says over there? Sure. So this says contact customer service if you have any more issues. Okay. You know what? That's on me. I kind of walked into that one. Um. All right. So I'm researching this make and model right here. And uh, oh, actually, before we get started, um, I was wondering if you could answer a couple of my questions. Just I'm recording on my end. For oh. you know, quality assurance. Yeah, I'm recording on my end, but for quantity assurance. Okay, sounds good. First question: How long have you been working at Home Depot? Uh, this is actually day 32. So you have a count going. Uh, second thing: What is your least favorite thing about this job? Um, uh, man, honestly, kind of like the isolation of it all. Like, yeah, we're all in an office together, but we all have our own cubicles and there's no really like sense of camaraderie. I, I kind of like a, a staff that feels like a family and I don't okay. even know the name of the guy next to me. I'm looking at this manual page that you gave me. Can you confirm the number I'm supposed to call? I just want to make sure I call the right person. Yeah. Uh, it's 1-800-HOME-DEPOT. Pretty easy to remember. I mean, that's too many digits. Phone numbers don't have a finite limit. I don't know if you know this. I think they do. You can First pay all, for one more. Do you know what business I'm in? Yeah, you're in cus- customer support. Support. Right. For AT&T, I think I know what I'm talking about. Shelby. Okay. Um. Well, I feel like this is turning into attack on me. So let's get back to the washer problem. Where is right. it located in your house? The laundry room. <laughs> bro every time you send me a question i'm like this guy must be the dumbest person in customer service i've ever met okay on what floor is it located the first one and um is there any other appliances hooked up to uh the same circuit as that the dryer 
Okay, so my first recommendation is finding your uh, circuit breaker, flip okay. it four times, yep. spin around in a circle, say yep. Bloody Mary three times in a mirror, yep. and then turn the circuit back on, see if that works. Right. I did I'll put you already. on hold. Oh, first of all, did that already. That was on page 37 of the manual. Okay, didn't know. Th- okay. I'm surprised you didn't know that because you seem to have the manual in front of you or maybe you just have a computer because obviously you don't write anything down nor read anything. Now, I want to cooperate with you, Shelby, but you got to work with me here. I am working with now, you. You called I me. I sent you a letter to the company addressed to you, Shelby. Read have it to you, me, will you? Have you been typing this while we were talking? No. I sent it via priority mail about a week ago, so I know you've had at least five days to read it. Now, what does it say, Shelby? It says, Dear Shelby, hi, it's me, Antonio. Yes, I knew that you would be the one answering my call at the Home Depot support line. This has just been a ruse for me to get your attention. Will you please take me back? You took the kids from me, and I have been changed ever since and not in a good way. Hey, one more question, Shelby. What's your last name? Antonio. No. My, read the letter one more time. <laughs> Shelby, this is Antonio. Yeah, I'm Shelby Antonio, and I married Antonio Antonio. First of all, my name's Alex. I introduced myself in the middle of this call, <laughs> at the very beginning of this call. And I've been oh. going over since then. So, Shelby, what's your last name? Is it, in fact, Antonio? I don't know. Now I'm kind of starting to doubt myself. Well, like I said, I record these Antonio, for quantity purposes, no, not for quality sure. purposes. That I must have mailed it to the wrong Shelby. So <laughs> I bid you adieu, sir. All Hands right. Up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we well, could do another one of those. That's pretty uh, fun. <laughs> okay. Um, one of us can be the doctor, and the okay. other person is a patient who's coming in with a medical emergency, and the doctor is trying to figure out what's wrong. Okay. Doctor, doctor, I need help. Uh, can I get your name and date of birth, please? Yeah, it's Alex Good. <laughs> um, moron. <laughs> it's Alex Good. Uh, uh, birthday, April 20th, 1992. Okay. And Alex, uh, can you read my name tag for me, please? Yeah, it says Alex Good. Good. Oh, you know what? I just remembered. Alex, that's not my name. I was just reading your name tag. Sorry. I was just reading your name tag and thought it was my name. Uh, No, my name is actually Shelby Antonio. It's been a long day. Okay, Shelby. Um, I gave you a couple tests to take home the last time you were here, which was about maybe three hours ago. And you're already back. Can you outline what those tests were? Yeah. And what your results were. Yeah, uh, those tests were uh, practice problems for long division, which I kind of felt was arbitrary considering I learned that in the fourth grade 15 years ago. Right. And so, and what I, were your results on that test? Um, I got 37 for question one, 12.5 for question two, and uh, the square root of negative one for question three, which I'm pretty sure is just I. Well... Shelby, I'm I'm pretty concerned right now because I told you to go home and conduct a spelling bee with your neighbors, which is a weird thing to ask your patients now that I think about it. You well, not as but weird as the long division test, I think, personally. That's why I'm concerned, Shelby. 
because uh, there's not a single number on that piece of paper I gave you. So, Shelby, where did you get the numbers? The numbers. The numbers. What do they mean? What do the numbers mean? Um, uh, I mean, at this point, I can only assume brainwashing, but I don't want to take that leap personally. So Shelby, I think that are you we... familiar with schizophrenia, paranoia, and possibly delusions? I'm familiar with the concepts, yes, but I think maybe I just have dyslexia. <laughs> Shelby, I feel like we're kind of you know taking. Why we're hey. holding this doctor appointment at your house? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, based on the clues you've given me, I think that this is kind of a serious situation I've walked into. I guess, Shelby, this is the fourth time I've been here today, <laughs> and every time I come here, I ask you the same questions. And you keep saying that I gave you a long division test. That's concerning. Because the first test I gave you was an eye test. And I only have one of those. So I think I could not have passed that even if I tried. Right. Mostly because there's also no numbers on that as well. And there was no questions either. So how you got three different answers and all of them involved long division is concerning to me. I've called in a second opinion. Mostly because I'm new at this and I might have no idea what I'm talking about. All right, this is starting to feel like I'm getting Shutter Islanded right now, and I know I, I'm smart enough to recognize when I'm about to be Shutter Islanded. So I'm just gonna put the brakes on here instead, and uh, maybe you could try something else. Okay, fair point, Shelby. What are your dreams like? Um, I usually I ha I haven't been dreaming much recently. Um, uh, but when I do dream, I normally think like, oh no, I'm at work and. I need to be helping a customer. But then I'm like, wait a minute. We're outside of operating hours. There aren't even any customers for me to help. So it's like I wake up in a panic and I'm like, I should be helping someone. But I can't because there's no one there. And also I'm in my underwear. Interesting. Have you ever experienced sleepwalking? Sleep Remember that one time you told me that you went into your parents' room while you were sleepwalking? Tell me more about that story. Oh, no, 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 no. That wasn't a sleepwalk. That was a sleep boogie. I kind of like did Michael Jackson's moonwalk down the hallway. And then I did like the hee hee and I opened the door with my pelvis. And then I leaned. I did the Michael Jackson. It was a very Michael Jackson centric dance uh, right, moves. Right, right, right. And I did the lean, but I leaned too far forward and I kind of just face planted onto the floor. Interesting. Well, I will. Let's do, let's delve more into that, shall we? We don't have to. What else do you have in common with Michael Jackson? Very little. Just I'm going to put a blanket statement out there. Very, very little. Fan of the glove. I'll say that. I'll put that out there. I like the glove. That's about all I got. All right, Shelby. Let's talk about your medication. You told me you were taking about twice the normal dose of... What was that medication you were taking? Just over-the-counter melatonin. Over-the-counter melatonin. Twice the normal dose. Interesting. You also said you had cut something out of your diet. What was that again? Soda. soda. No, baking soda. Sorry, baking soda. Got you. And you said... I'm Listen, I'm sorry. My notes I need are... to make this clear. I was taking baking soda straight. It wasn't like recipes. Like I would just do spoonfuls of it. Carry on. Yes. Uh, a lot of people do that for upset stomachs. So that's not completely uncommon. Um, do you have a... I think in your file it says you have a previous history with addiction. What, in fact, were you addicted to? I was addicted to watching My Strange Addiction on TLC. Did you know that TLC used to stand for The Learning Channel? And now almost exclusively shows shows like My Strange Addiction and My 500-Pound Life and shows like that. 
I what are not. we learning? Thank you, Shelby. I appreciate that. Um, only did you ever watch Intervention on TLC? I only have Shelby. Excuse me. I only have like one or two more questions for you. There was uh, a pair of siblings that would just follow each other around. Shelby, I'm holding a piece of paper in front of you. What does it say? Watch Intervention on TLC Thursdays at eight at eight seven Central. Shelby, this is a blank piece of paper. Oh, I'm very concerned. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very, very concerned. Well, Shelby, here's the where thing. is it again that we are right now? Are we not? Are we not in the TLC marketing department? Shelby, again, we are at your house. I think we need special, special help. All right, Shelby, get- drop the yeah. gun, Shelby. Shelby. Cox gun. <laughs> boy, oh boy, this is a lot of fun. <laughs> We'll be bringing that one back for sure. Uh, that's bad form. All right, Alex, what's our middle segment? So March Madness has concluded. The championship just occurred. It's only fair that we do a bracket, boys. Hey, who won the championship? Uh, Villanova. I don't know if you're serious or not. I don't know. Hey, real talk. We're recording this on March 28th. I don't know when March Madness actually ends. He could be telling the truth, and I'm not looking it up. Alex, well, carry March on. Madness doesn't end until like April 3rd. Oh, okay. I cool. just like put all my money on Villanova and I'm just banking hard on that. But what's the actual segment? So here's the actual segment. Bracket boys, right? Yeah. Craig, I am determined to find you a lover. Oh boy. Oh wow. What fun coincidence. Can't wait till we get to the one hit. Anyway, carry on. So I have two bracket boys for you. One's personality based. One's physical. Once we have narrowed down what your primary physical is and your primary personality is and then maybe we'll put in runner-ups we're going to send it out to the audience all right or moreover they're just going to listen to this episode and we're going to have people write in to form a relationship with you if they meet these qualifications are you ready would you prefer personality first or physical first let's do physical first because i feel like you're going to put me through the ringer a little bit more on that one it's okay so i pulled these from men's health i've taken the top eight and in bracket style, I have them in seeded order. So right now, you have to choose between the one seed and the eight seed. The one seed is, you guessed it, booty. Okay. The eight seed is manicured nails, hands, and feet. All right, gang. We just have to understand that this segment's going to get a little objectification here. And it's going to be playful and we have to accept it. So, obvi, we have to roll with the booty. Of <laughs> course do you know how scared i was that you were going to pick the eighth seed as the first upset for this one <laughs> obviously it's booty next we're going to the three seed which is legs and six seed is skin especially clear skin uh legs yeah okay three seed no upsets yet all right here we go the two seed which is breasts against the seven seed hair i'm gonna say this is gonna be our first upset right Hair over boobs. Because, listen, if we look at, you know, my celebrity crushes, yep. we look at Mary Elizabeth Winstead, we look at Ramona Flowers from Scott Pilgrim. We look at Alexandra Daddario. We see, okay, we see specifically <laughs> with, you know, the whole Ramona Flowers thing, you know. Yes. P- the whole part of her character is that she dyes her hair like four times in the movie. And, yep. you know, that's... It's your type. Yeah. It is your type. I mean, I wouldn't agree, but that doesn't matter. This is for you. Hair. Seventh seed upset the two seed. Here we go. Four and five. This one's going to be close. Eyes. 
and lips. Eyes. Eyes. Eyes over lips. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. Semifinals. The one seed booty against the three seed legs. Ooh. This one's tough. It is hard, bro. Let me pull the audience real quick. Give me one second. He is going to talk to his wife. If you were a guy, the audience says legs. Okay, now I did hear you ask Macy. I did not hear you ask your child. So I'm going to have to. Well, I asked my wife. My kid can't talk. (laughs) But she does like to twerk, so that'd probably lean more towards booty. I'll let you choose. Uh, I think I am going to go legs. Yeah. All right, legs. Not quite an upset. Three against one, though. Un. Sure. Here we go. The seven seed hair against the four seed eyes. Now, good this hair one, versus good eyes. This one's tough. This one's tough. I think because here's the thing: hair is gonna get my attention first, right? Right. But right. eyes are gonna like that's what you look into, right? The heart right. of the and soul eyes and whatnot. Last longer if they have beautiful eyes in the beginning. Chances are they're gonna have great eyes at the end as well. Not going to be much change. Hair fluctuates. Yeah. I, I'm So, yeah, let's say eyes. Let's say eyes. All right. So we have the three seed against the four seed. This is our uh, winner and runner up, ladies. Legs over eyes. Legs over eyes. Wow. This is tough. Legs uh, I think, v eyes. I think I'm going to say eyes. Yeah. Okay. The heart wants what the mind does not have. Ladies, he's looking for legs, number one. Eyes if you got them. But preferably legs. I know. I did say I did. No, I said eyes. I was wishful thinking. I was trying to change your mind. It's eyes first, <laughs> legs if you got them. All right. So let's do the personality bit. Personality. The one seed against the eighth seed. Would you rather her be loyal or forgiving? Forgiving. Well, okay. Well, what he, okay. an upset. Are you <laughs> okay. sure? Well, I mean, in terms of loyal, I, I don't know. We can also use the word faithful if that helps. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, someone it's, that doesn't. This cheat. is also from. So the previous one was from Men's Health. This one's from Ranker. This is average guys just voting what they value most in a woman. Number one, loyal. Yeah, I get. I guess it is loyal because because okay. I don't need her to like back me up in a fight, but th- faithful. I'm a little bit more. Yes, please. That actually yes. Okay. Three seed against the six seed. Honesty versus pleasant slash agreeable. I guess Someone you can honesty, just get along with. Yeah, I can be the agreeable one. Okay, we're taking honest. So far, no upsets. That's three seed beats the six seed. The two seed is supportive. Seven seed, funny. Would you rather her be supportive or funny? I think supportive I mean, it'd be kind of a bad relationship if she was just putting down just everything I was trying you, to do. Yeah, <laughs> Just roasting you. Okay, we're taking supportive over funny. Craig, do you think you're more of a supportive person or a funny person? I like to think I balance the two quite equally. Okay, okay. Nice cop out. <laughs> Four seed versus the five speed, uh, seed. This is going to be a close one. Would you rather have a loving and kind person? Which is like, and by that I mean just affectionate towards people. Doesn't mean the other person's not going to love you. Just especially affectionate. Or smart. I think affectionate. 
Cause like, Golly, he's looking for bimbos, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> four seed, loving slash kind slash affectionate, beats out our five seed, smart. Here we go. Semifinals. Loyal, faithful versus honest. Now, these are closely related. Chris. Very closely related. And, man, I think I just have, like, a fear of being cheated on. So I don't know how this isn't going to take it all the way loyal it is here we go two seed versus the four seed in the semifinals supportive or affectionate i'm gonna say affectionate all right so we got the one seed v the four seed in the championship battle would you rather have a woman who is loyal to you or affectionate i guess i guess loyal yeah like i said fear of being cheated on kind of sucks we'll do loyal with the runner-up being loving, kind, affectionate. Ladies yeah. at home, if you were not paying attention, number one personality that Craig needs, personality trait, is loyalty, faithfulness. Number one physical trait that he needs is damn beautiful eyes. And if you don't have either one of those, we can settle for the runner-up of nice legs and an affectionate person. Because he, well, he, And also, here's the thing. I only have one eye. So as long as you like, so like the bar is low in terms of eyes, right? So just, but know that I'm looking. Okay, Craig, we can wrap up this segment, but I do want to know, what's your ideal eye? I've always liked uh, green eyes. And And I know that green eyes are like the rarest of them all. But whenever I do like a video game, like character creator, I always hover on like the little emerald green option they have. And I look at that and I'm like, yeah, that one. Good to know. Ladies, take notes. Write in Twitter, Instagram. Hit us up. Get Maybe some we'll contacts. We'll we'll set you up. You know plenty about Craig from the podcast. This is pretty close to who he is as a human being. I'm a top 10 wingman of all time. I will lay the groundwork for you. I will help you out, and we'll see where this can go. Just reach out at Permanent Good. Now, the one hit is also dating related. I'm thinking, all right, lots of things go into an online dating profile. And I am, physically speaking, on the fence for most people. And I've come to accept that. In fact, even that phrase might be a little generous. So I really have to hook them with my bio. So I've called this Bumble Boost. And we need to start a... We need to get those... uh, bumble bios that that'll really like all right that was funny that was clever let's reel them in all right because mm-hmm. you know listing your personality traits doesn't work on online dating it dating anymore it's like you gotta have a clever hook or catchphrase like you're opening a like a like a high school essay right it's it's hard man you need to be like pretty literally um literate is not the word i'm looking for but you need to talented. be witty yeah, sure, that's a good way to put it. I was just making up stuff. <laughs> so I, I have two pre-prepared, and they're bad. Like, these are not to be taken seriously. This is like a jokey, jokey little thing. Okay. Um. So first I put horny for love, but also just regular horny. Well, Craig, let me tell you the kind of person that attracts, not the one you want. And then I put... Willing to help you put your tampon in. <laughs> Craig, yeah. I know these are jokes. Yeah. And listen, there's a couple of things I'd, 
I want to address. One, I'm not used to being in this position where I'm trying to get you out of trouble. <laughs> because those two statements are something I never anticipated coming out of your mouth, nor do I ever want to hear them come out of your mouth again. Because it makes me uncomfortable. Although I do want to encourage more behavior like this because it, it takes the pressure off me. Now let's workshop the first one. Yeah. Are you putting any importance on the physical aspect of a relationship early? No. Then don't bring it up. <laughs> fair. How That's about fair. you say horny for a bunch of things, but none of them are for sex? <laughs> And then you list some cool things about yourself and the cool things that you would like them to have. So, like, I'm horny for a lot of things, most of which are a good reader <laughs> and a person who can laugh um, or something like that. And then you can go on and say things about yourself. Um, um, how about how about the bio open like a book, but a boring book, you know, like the dictionary or something? I don't even. So are you saying you're open as in like, like they like, like, like literally an open book like that? Okay, yeah, yeah. I th- I think the refined version of that is I'm like an open book, but it's a bad book. See, that doesn't make sense because the idiom means I'm an open like a book, so you can open up and I'll just give you can read me like a book, like I, the information's just there. So what you're looking for is like I'm open like a book. How do I just say like the content is bad? Um, man, workshopping these bios is hard. I would just yeah. Do you it. have it? Do you do you have any? Just OGs? Here's what I would do, bro. Yeah? Actually, it's easier to... We'll get to what we want to do in a second. Let's say what not to do. One, don't say, I'm 6'1", if that matters. Oh, my God. (laughs) If that matters is... Oh, it is... Oh, man. Oh, it makes my blood boil. Also, we're not including any pictures of you with other girls. And if you're going to include pictures of you with friends... Make sure they're like the third and fourth picture, so we're not confused on which one you are. Yes, that one. That one I got unlocked. Um, okay. Next one. We're not involving dogs because those are cheat codes, nor babies because those are cheat codes. We're also not going to involve the fact that. Hey, I have a question. Yes. Hypothetically. No, absolutely not. <laughs> okay. Well, That's I'm completely saying, inappropriate. Okay. Well, I was just going to ask. You said don't have photos with other girls. What if? It was that really nice photo we took Thanksgiving 2019 where it was where it's you, me, and Macy. No. It's a bad look, bro. Because you don't want women questioning, does this guy have a lot of female friends? Is this is he one of those guys? Now let's talk about your second bio, the tampon one. Yeah. It's fine. How about you say Because here's um, what I'm trying to prove. Here's what here's what I need to say about myself. I need a bio that says I'm a practical feminist. I'm a feminist behind closed doors. I'm going to help you put your tampons in. I'm not just going to help you purchase them. I'm going to put them in for you. Okay, let me tell you one thing. Feminists are not attractive. (laughs) And by that, I mean girls will never be with a dude because he's a feminist. It's expected. But the guy who makes feminism his personality is gross if you have to advertise your feminism then you have ulterior motives it's the same reason that guys don't like girls who are bros it's like hey how about you just be a bro just don't be a bro you know it's all it's all about 
because online dating is such like a self advertisement, it's it's a very fine line of like what is a genuine thing to advertise about yourself and what are you saying to make yourself come off as good as possible? Because there's very clearly some skeletons in that closet. Yeah. What we we want to avoid the virtual signaling, but also be like, hey man, I'm cool. Like all this stuff DJ Khaled won't do. Trust me, <laughs> I will. We just need to figure out how to say that. <laughs> how about <laughs> you say something like, um, you We're know, getting into some how... treacherous territory here in terms of yes. what, what you is, could say. What is post edit Craig going to have to do with all this? What you could say is um, women don't have sex and pee out of the same hole. And I've known that for years. <laughs> you could say um, one of the one of the pictures on your profile is just like a filled out female anatomy chart in your handwriting. <laughs> right, 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 right. Be like, I don't have unrealistic expectations. Um, but man, this this is like a good setup to a punchline. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't have unrealistic expectations, but my laundry better be folded. <laughs> so you can say, I don't have unrealistic expectations, so I'm expecting to do all the work. Message me a thumbs up, and I'll take it from there. <laughs> yeah. And uh, dude, that's foolproof. Listen, bro, if you ever need this, goes for audience too. Anyone to help you write bios, come up with responses. I genuinely enjoy doing this and if you're a woman who's like what does a guy want to hear from me don't hit me up because i have no idea i don't i have spent almost none of my time thinking what do guys think so um that's a really good segment craig do you have anything else to add before we wrap it up uh no i just have i'm uh, sorry i am just very quickly changing my entire profile because apparently (laughs) it just sucks i mean it does suck but for multitudes of reasons well, that was our Bumble Boost, and m- man, maybe this isn't a one-hit wonder. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? Well, let's enter our free balling segment. Things we have watched, enjoyed, participated in since the last podcast. Craig, what have you indulged yourself in? Uh, Adam Project. Yes. You, have you What'd seen you it? What do you think? Yes, I have seen it. Good. Really I liked, liked it, man. It. And so Ryan Reynolds, I feel like, you know- He's almost Chris Pratting himself in the sense of he's just doing so much. I have to take everything he does with a little bit of like cautious optimism because there's no way it's all good, right? Yes. I've concluded that none of his movies are going to be great, but like Free Guy, Adam Project, Red Notice, they're all going to be even tier. And they're all going to be very Ryan Reynolds. Yes. So Adam Project, very, I don't want to say very good, but was better than I expected it to be. Big fan of Mark Ruffalo and Jennifer Garner. We did 13 Going on 30 on Small and Tall. And I'm like, these two are adorable and I love them. Yeah. And the kid did a really good job. Uh, Zoe being Saldan- a young. He did a great job of just being a young Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. Zoe Saldana should have been in more of the movie. Right. Would kind of be my biggest complaint. Um, and they very it's a movie about time travel. And they are very clearly like, let's not get hung up on the time travel part. Yeah, like it's a movie. Like it's gonna fix itself in the end. Don't let's not get hung up on it. 
Right. And I love that they did that. And the movie does the climax feels a little short. I felt like the climax should have had like one more sequence attached to it, but all in all, not bad. Maybe like flat seven. Yeah. Flat seven, high six. Not super remarkable. If you like time travel, sci-fi movies, and also are, if you like Ryan and Ryan, if you like Ryan Reynolds personality movies, you're going to love this movie regardless. Yeah. And as, as far as Netflix movies go, this is in like the top 5% of things oh, yeah. as far as Netflix movies go. Granted, Ryan Reynolds is in a lot of Netflix movies. <laughs> yeah. he. I have seen, I mean, like, I actually haven't seen all of them, but as far as, compared to like Six Underground. Oof. Th- Oof. This is Godfather. This is the Godfather compared to Six Underground. Yeah. It's, now here's, it's a pretty good movie. Now here's the hot take. I watched Free Guy and that movie was bad. See, it was GTA the movie. And I also recently fell in love with Jodie Comer. I'm Jody sure my Comer wife loves good. every single time I fall in love with a character and also advertise that person on the podcast. But Jodie Comer is cool. Jodie Comer duel, is good. Fire. Free guy. Fire. Um, and I think she made this movie cool for me. Sure. Also, I love GTA and it's just GTA the movie. Uh, Jodie Comer is good. And like Ryan Reynolds is fine. I didn't mm-hmm. care for Joe Keery. And I really did not like Taika Waititi in this. I Taika Waititi, it felt when Taika Waititi's in a movie, I, it feels very like Jojo Rabbit, very Ragnarok, where he is too outside. Like he's not, he's refusing to act normal. You know what I mean? Yeah, it it, it felt like his character was a bit and not yeah. like a character. Right, you didn't. Which feel is fine real. when you are a, which is fine when you are a side character, but not the antagonist of the movie. Which is fine when you're in the video game and not playing a real person. And there was just a lot of like video game techno babble where it's like, all right, they need words to make it seem like they know what they're talking about. And I'm sure everybody has their thing where like when a movie starts to babble about the thing that they are passionate about, it is very easy to poke holes and be cynical about the dialogue. That is where I fell in this, where it's like, I'm very passionate about video games and you are just saying words to make it sound like a video game. And so I didn't find the dialogue very entertaining or engaging. The jokes, most of the jokes were bad and didn't feel like jokes. And it just, uh, it didn't catch my interest. I just, overall, this movie just wasn't for me. Okay, that's Um, fair. The segment that I did like, though, was I don't know why I liked it, but just the bit where they cash in all of their references in like 45 seconds in the final fight against the dude. Yeah. Where he uses the captain America shield, the Hulk hands, the lightsaber, the Chris Evans cameo, like those, like that 45 to 90 seconds, that was good. But in general, just, it wasn't for me. As far as Ryan Reynolds movies go, this had a, this had like a, an aesthetic to it that, I just didn't fit into. I don't like love triangles. And this had a real woman falling in love with a video game character, finding out the video game character was based off a real life person, falling in love with the real life person. That was too much for me. I didn't like that. I don't like, I don't like in one story when people fall in love with two different people. I, it's very hard for me to believe. And also I'm invested in one. I can't immediately switch to the other in the last 20 minutes. I'm sorry. Can't yeah. And the last thing I'll talk about for now is 
Taylor Tomlinson has a new stand-up special on Netflix. Yes, she does. Kills it. Kills it. So good. Uh, t- like, unless Mr. Mulaney releases a new special in the next, like, six or eight months, Taylor Tomlinson has a real chance of just being my favorite comedian. Bro, I'm glad you're on board with her. Yeah, cause... I liked her quarter-life crisis special. Yeah. Um, I've, I've and... been a fan. I follow... She's started a podcast, finished that podcast, listened to that whole thing when she was on it. Then she's been dating one of my favorite comics, on again, off again. Then she was on another one of my favorite comics. She started, uh, okay, I'll just start naming names so our, if our audience wants to get more familiar with it. So she was on a podcast called Self Helpless. Then she left that podcast. Um, and then she started dating Sam Morrill from New York City. They had a podcast together where they watched, they alternated movies that they had not, the other person had not seen. So here's a movie I watched that I can't believe you haven't seen and vice versa when they were first started dating. They broke up. She uh, went full time back to living in L.A. She got really good friends with Whitney Cummings, another comic. Um, They tried to put a project together that didn't come to fruition. She got back together with Sam Morrell and now she has a podcast called Sad in the City because she's bi-coastal now and lives full time in um, New York City. So you can listen to her podcast, Sad in the City. She's a dope comic. She toured with Burt Crusher. She uh, opened up for him. I think she also opened up for Brian Regan, former Christian comic. Now 100%, I wouldn't say 100% dirty, but she just explores her life. Yeah. Here's what I would say. Here's what I would say about Taylor Tomlinson. If she does a very good job at being like socially present, but like not in a boring way. Because you, you get a comedian that's like, I want to make sure I'm saying the right things. And it just eventually gets like boring. But her, she like mentions it once and then just doubles down the rabbit hole. Right. And it's also, she is like, of all the comedians, she has one of the biggest TikTok presences yeah. ever. She's huge. Yeah. And her most recent special uh, talks a lot about, you know, her being diagnosed with bipolar and her life in therapy and what's it like, what it's like uh, not being engaged anymore, having a broken engagement. And so it's just like a lot of very honest slice of life stuff that is funny. It's just funny. It's edgy without being like offensive. Right. And so she does, she's just very good. Taylor Tomlinson, you're, you're doing great. Yeah. If you don't know who she is, Get She's on also it. on tour right now, so you can go see her. What about you? I started season eight of The Blacklist. Yeah. Season seven ended um, with COVID. So they had four or five more episodes they wanted to film. COVID hit in the middle of one. So they tried to animate the other half of the episode. That's what so I heard. An- yeah. It looks horrible. Ooh, ooh. It looks horrible, bro. Because it... When I heard that that had happened, I was like, oh, what a cool way to adapt to an otherwise not great situation. But if it didn't pan out well, then yikeroonies. See, I would have been cool with it if they just had a bigger budget for animation, I think. But it just visually is distracting. And I was just hoping and praying it would end. And then it, it also what I don't like is when shows draw attention to production. And it, and you unconsciously figure it out or subconsciously figure out where they were filming, where they weren't. I also don't like how the actors who played the characters come out before the movie be like, hey, I hope everyone's being safe during COVID. This is a difficult time for us all. We actually stopped filming in the middle of this episode. So we found a creative way to work around it, right? 
I'm like, one, I don't want to hear from you actors, okay? I'm invested in the characters. I don't know who any of you are as people. Two, make the story good. Make the animation good. Make me invested in this. And they ended up ending the season, which I realized they don't have a choice. But for me, because here's what drew my attention to for production. There was three locations that they had filmed scenes for. So I knew every time we cut to headquarters, it's going to be live action because they filmed all their headquarters scenes together. So I re- and like once you figure that out, you now realize, okay, now I know what their filming schedule is like. They didn't get a chance to go film at these locations. That should never have happened. You know, you shouldn't be thinking about locations when you're watching something. Yeah. Um, I know one of the characters, the actor who played him did die, which made it awfully hard um, around this time. I don't know if he died of COVID or what, but he was like 80 some years old. Um, and then they end up recasting him in the beginning of season eight. And I thought he was going to kill, kill him off. It was just a very awkward ending. It didn't look good. Visually, it was bad. The animation was distracting. And I'm so glad there's only nine seasons out. Yeah, so, so I'm, I'm looking close. at images from this animated finale. And I think that this was definitely the right style of animation. But I'm looking at some of these frames and I'm like, ooh, yeah, maybe I definitely see where you're coming from. Um, but like the same thing happened on The Flash. Like The Flash had to end four episodes early. So they just, what they what they ended up doing is they just took the finale they had planned and then moved it to the start of the next season. <laughs> Which is what should have happened. But instead it just looked really rough. And whatever it, dude, the world has already moved past it. I'm still like a season and a half behind, but I'm just over this show, bro. It's so bad. I'm so excited <laughs> to look. I'm looking forward to like watching Killing Eve or, or something I'm, else. I'm watching Killing Eve. I'm going to. I don't know when, but it's on my list. I just want to I just want to move on for the show, dude. I don't want to watch it anymore. Anything else? <laughs> I think that's pretty much it, man. I think that's it. All right. Well, next week we are watching About Time, which is a 2013 gem it has our it has our mutual cinematic crush rachel mcadams in it which is a selling point you don't have to tell me anything else about a movie just be like rachel mcadams is in 10 percent or more of it i'm like all right i'm on board i'll watch it yeah um i'm obsessed to be honest we could i could have made this whole month about her between sherlock holmes i mean i wasn't gonna watch the notebook again game night would have been up there game night rules um she's in southpaw just like real talk if you want like a genuine comedy that's like an adult but not explicit comedy watch game night it is one of the best comedy movies to come out in the last five years yeah in my effort to create this month i tried not to redo actors redo directors redo themes but rachel mcadams is in this movie and the last movie for this month so can't help myself she's dope but I'm excited to talk about About Time. It's a very good movie. It's a romance. So I'm excited to talk about it. And I encourage you all to watch it. But until next time, my name is Craig Wells, a.k.a. Permanent Handle. And I'm Alex Good, a.k.a. Alex Good. Have fun, be safe, and make good choices. And while you're at it, tell your mom I said hi. See you next week. Deuces.